And welcome back to our online bonus segment. We call it Lively Extra, when 30 minutes is just not enough, and when is it ever enough? Uh, let's reset the panel. Ted Nisi and Sue Sienke and Rob Horowitz, thanks for joining us on Overtime here. Uh, Ted, let me go back to you. Um, Mayor Alorza, Governor McKee, potential rivals. There's been a little bit of a pissy match, my words, going <laughs> on. Uh, you had a column on Matt Brown. There's some text. Give me the th snapshot on where you see the governor's race. Yeah, well, going. I think, first of all, I really think the consensus is emerging that McKee is in quite a strong position as it looks like they're going to be uh, quite a few candidates running against him. But as Rob said on the, the main program, you know, the, the people are getting vaccinated, the economy's reopening, you know, everything's coming up roses at the moment. So I think that's a great place to be as an incumbent, especially a new incumbent. And it's helping him with the fundraising, is it not? Absolutely. Well, just being the governor helps him, right? And then, yeah, if you, you have a good story to tell, that helps too. Um, so, uh, you know, you have right now five potential candidates who all seem likely at the moment to run. You have McKee, uh, Magaziner, Gorbea. Uh, Luis Daniel Munoz and Alorza, um, thank you. And then now I've learned this week that Matt Brown is also taking steps to run again, as he did in 2018. Because he did so well in the last uh <laughs> You know, it's this, it's this feeling on the the left wing of the Democratic Party that, that they still, that, well, that they still don't have a champion in that group, that uh, they're all too establishment-minded, they're all too uh, sort of like, you know, I, you know, considering their positions, it's hard for me to say any of these pe people are not even moderates at this point, but they're not, they're not far enough to the left um, for kind of the more AOC-minded faction of the party. So I think Brown sees an opportunity there and some other people do. What's the political strategist say? I, I, agree, I agree with Ted's analysis, which is McKee is a very solid favorite. Um, he's the incumbent in a multi-candidate race um, because of the timing we discussed earlier. Economy's improving. People in Rhode Island are getting vaccinated. At, I think we're at 78 percent now. Um, uh, so things, things are on the upswing. And, and there's so many candidates in the race, he could, he could win it with 35 or 40. Strange thing is for Alorza, who, I, who I, full disclosure, uh, been a while. It was the late 50s. That was 2014. I did, <laughs> did work for uh, I consulted for a law. I appreciate the thing, although uh, that's ancient history. It is ancient right history, now. but just so I, you know, against. I Buddy worked C for Governor Naughty back in the uh, exactly, 1960s. you know, against Buddy Cianci in yeah. 2014. Um, just to say that, but I, I don't work for him currently. I, I think Lorzer is not well positioned simply because he's got two big problems. He's got the education problem, which the charters, the, the sort of dust up doesn't really solve that, which is state takeover on his watch, and he's got the financial problem. On their hand, what he would need is a is a McKee collapse absolute collapse, then a multi-candidate field might help Alorza because it's hard to see him get more than, you know, 20-25% of the vote. So he really needs, he needs sort of two things to happen, I think, to be viable at all. One is something disastrous to happen to McKay and, and then keep a big, big field. Well, we haven't spoken about the Republican who's going to come in and uh, sweep the victory. I yeah. do want to know. Absolutely. We will have a candidate. We will have a very good candidate that I think will will do uh, very well. The code um, word is, Nisi, it's July of 2021. Right. Get right. off my back. I'll well, talk and to you that, in a year. And that's the thing. I think people are in this perpetual uh, campaign mode and expect a candidate to come out, but it's still rather early. It's even rather early for Dan McKee. He was always seen as a moderate. I think he was seen as the business community likes him. He's moved far to the left since he's become governor. But it's, Do you think it, the public views him that way? Yes, too? I think the public, I think the, the it, business community views him, but he is the least left out of everybody that's left there. It's all um, so stay in your lane. And now you have Magaziner coming and approaching people saying, well, I'm very moderate. 
no, no, you're a progressive, and Alorza may be the most progressive out of anybody, but does he sell well outside of Providence? And Providence, you're right, has a lot of problems. It's a lot it's of dirty. people. In they the have, rest of the state, it's like, you can run your city, but don't run my yeah, state. Yeah, don't come right? this way. It's, so he's got a big problem statewide. You know, how does that match out? But you've got Nellie Gorbea and Magazine. Are they going to split the progressive vote? And is Alorza going to take a little bit out of that? So who survives? So, then does Dan McKee survive right, out my, of my that? question for you, though, is there's been a lot of noise around Blake Philippe, Philippe mm -hmm. whose last name I'm sure I just mispronounced. Philippe. But, that's close. Um, is, is that real? Because he, he is a, he is a uh, fairly attractive candidate, I think. He would be a very attractive candidate and certainly one that has a lot of respect from both Democrats, Republicans. Um, you know, he never so sounds he like he wants to run. Do you sense he's changing his mind? Is he playing hard to get? We'll see. Yeah. Well, well I mean, but look, still it's early. Again, hey, it's you know. Hey, listen. But you from, know this. It's really not. You, you got to say what you got to say. It's really not that early. One, one Vance Felipe would have, and I, I have no brief for him. I hope whoever gets the Democratic nomination clobbers him if he runs. But um, it seems like a nice enough guy, though. Is he evidently has his own resources, which also would make him. But up until Link Chafee got elected, I mean, it was it was the it was Ed Dupree, it was Link Chafee, uh, Link Almond, yeah. Don Kachiri, all Republican governors. Right. The governor was the one area that I think the electorate is like, all right, we need a little bit of a check and balance here. So if you get a strong candidate, there's a path. Yeah, there is definitely a path. And you don't have to go and through the primary foolishness, right? Yeah, and certainly, yeah, you don't want to go through a primary, let the Democrats kill here, each other the on the problem. other side. Here's the problem that you're going to have, them respectfully, yeah. which is uh, if you get someone like Felipe or even, you know, I'd love it, like Fung, Fung number three or four, I, I don't remember how many times he's run, somebody who's more moderate, um, you're going to get a Trump right candidate in the primary who could still possibly win a primary you know just because they do you know so so I, I don't think you escape a Republican primary but but you know again I'm telling you more about your business that you what know is, to what is magaziner asking and we don't know that it's his polling going on but what, what is that sure all about his, yeah. Um, yeah I think it's it's a combination of a where do we stand poll uh, heading on, the, into on summer. the political spectrum uh, yeah or? within the no within the primary you know where do people start you know I think what you hear from the other campaigns as because they know that this these conversations are happening and people are starting to say well McKee's gonna probably be fine and the argument is, look, you know, people have kind of a nice impression of him uh, over done. They're happy about vaccinations and things, but it's it's like an inch deep right now. And that there's still plenty of time for people to have to change their impressions or for a strong candidate to make a counter argument. I'm not sure if I buy that because I think especially a bunch of elections I've covered in recent years have really taught me voters view if there's an incumbent. They need to be told why to fire that person. Mm. They don't see it just as another open seat, you know, because the term is up. They think, all right, you know, what, what did this person do wrong? I saw that with the Ed Markey-Joe Kennedy race, where even people said, oh, I like Joe Kennedy, but I, he hasn't really told me why I have to fire Ed Markey. And Joe Kennedy's people are like, we're not even saying fire him. We're saying his term is up. Try somebody else. But they said, no, it's his job. Uh, I, think, I think Ted's on to something. In a multi-candidate race, the problem, the advantage McKee has is... is it, just because you, you're the one who decides to, to explain how to fire Dan McKee doesn't mean you get those votes. Mm. So if you go negative, it helps somebody else. Magazine, magazine are still pretty formidable. He's got money. He'd have to try to turn this into a, what, what in effect would be a two-way race. Um, did the Sabina I, Matos pick, we've talked, parsed this a lot, did that make any difference at all? I, I don't know. I mean, I think it certainly was a signal that Dan McKee was trying to be inclusive, I think, and, and uh, try, you know, bring in a woman, bring in a Latina. I heard the offer was made to Nellie Gorbea, and she turned it down. She did denied that? that explicitly to me, that yeah. it was ever made. But wouldn't that have been a good move for her? Because McKee's potentially a one-termer, one-and-a-half-termer, and then that kind of 
paves the path for her, keeping her with high visibility. Yeah, potentially. You can certainly see that argument. I think she just felt she didn't want that job, so it would be kind of disingenuous to just take it for, you know, political reasons. Um, I do think if... She, oh, God forbid anybody would take right, a job exactly. for political if she, reasons. If she right. did, I think... It's, you know, that's another question. It's a much smaller one, but does Sabina Matos waltz through um, a primary next year? Does she get viable yeah, challengers? Yeah, what happens if she gets bounced and he gets elected because they're not on the ticket, right? Yeah, I mean, right. we have they a lot of elections together. next year. You know, yeah. they don't run together. And Did that bill them... ever go through? Because he had said, I'm sure it didn't. Remember, he's been pushing mm -hmm. for the Polito-Baker model, yeah. right? You run well, on the ticket. Yeah, you have that around the country, right? That, that is the more common model. Yeah. There's a couple yeah. other states that have the Rhode Island model. And what um, about New Jersey? Because New Jersey, New Jersey they, goes, they, so goes the rest uh, of the country, well, Exactly. Right? And actually, New Jersey lieutenant governor is relatively recent, and it's the only other statewide elected office besides governor. And that's one of the reasons New Jersey has the most, one of the most powerful statutory governor things in the country. They run together, and the governor selects who the LG candidate's going to be. All right, folks, I am sorry to cut you off once again. I had to do it twice today. Ted and Sue and Rob, thank you. And thank you for joining us. Come back. Uh, lots going on. Even though it's summertime, we'll be all over it. Come back next week as a lively experiment continues.